1: Hey, my loves, hey, my loves, and welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I am Monique.
2: And I am Sydney.
1: (laughs) And today, baby, we're going to talk about it. We're going to be open. We're going to be all the way open, all the way honest, all the way real, and nothing but full of love. Because this topic is a topic that me and my daddy was talking about in the closet, having a conversation. And, Daddy, I'm going to let you introduce the topic.
2: It is, how do we heal the world as people?
1: How do we do that?
2: And that's what we're going to discuss.
1: How do we heal the world as people? I'm going to tell you all something, because some of the stuff I've been seeing lately has just been heartbreaking. And you say to yourself, what is going on? And you, though we're up in arms about Aleppo, as we should be. And we're up in arms about the, bro- the the Native American brothers and sisters that's fighting to keep their land, and we should be. But it's so much going on right now in our own backyard that I think if we start right here, that we can then spread it out. But how do we heal us?
2: And did you want to share with them how we got started on the conversation?
1: Share with them, Daddy. How do we get started on the conversation?
2: Based upon what you were just sharing and dynamics like that, we were just considering the fighting, the conflicts, the uh, need for larger companies to get larger, uh, when you start looking at the uh, disparity that's going on, you know, with the, the, the belief that we're in a democracy, but you then go through a democracy when you're you're, uh, voting in your mayor, you know, where the most votes win, but then you find out that there's these electoral college votes that are still going to give everyone a voice, but somehow it is not easily explainable how it works. So due to that fact, we accept it because we're not going to do the math. You can go back and count the votes, but it's a feel of things can be manipulated. And I don't mean from a standpoint of someone hacking you from Russia, just the content and the, the way things can be done. And we start saying and we were watching how everybody was about winning. Everything is about you being better than someone else. So it made us say, What is it that we as people can do to save the world? Because we're all a part of the same world. And no matter what happens, whether you're a billionaire or whether someone construes you as being a bum. Mm -hmm. If a bomb drops, the billionaires die, too. Mm. If the sun doesn't shine, the billionaires get rained on, too as well as the people who may be considered poor, So we're really all in it together. So what is it that we can do to uh, heal this world as a people together?
1: And you know what? I think it starts individually. Like I think sometimes we want to go on this large scale and it's like, well, what can we do? But if it starts individually, it makes a bigger difference. In my humble opinion, it makes a bigger difference Mm -hmm. because sometimes when it starts so big, you're like, okay, well, what's the solution? Where are we going with this? Like Black Lives Movement movement. What is the solution? Where is it going? And when do we have a people's movement to say we got to start treating each other better just as people? You know, that goddamn Facebook. It's new TV for me, and I'm not ashamed of it. At one time, I was ashamed to admit that I fucks with it, okay? I didn't. I, I, it was like a guilty pleasure. And my daddy said, that's your new TV. It is, right? Because you get shit on Facebook far quicker than you now get it in the news. You get it when it's happening, mm-hmm. okay? So I see this man on there, and he was homeless. And he was having a conversation with someone was, that was just recording him. And the man said, you know... There's no more humanity in the world. He said, I know when people see me, the first thing they say is, look at that bum. He said, and there was a time in my life I was a construction worker, had a three-bedroom home, wife, everything was going good. Then life just happened, and it put us in a situation. So he's still with his wife, right? They're still together, but they're homeless. So he said, they were at the gas station. He said he simply wanted to ask this woman what time was mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. when he walked up to the woman to say, excuse me, I don't have no money. Get away from me. Oh, God, please. Just, oh, God, you're so filthy. You're so dirty. And the man said, all I wanted was the time. Mm-hmm. But all that woman kept shouting was, get away from me. You a bum. You dirty. And it's like, what have we gotten to? What have we gotten to that this man can't even ask you for the time before you are losing Control of yourself, and we all say we gotta love each other, we gotta, but it starts with you
2: at life is a hat party brought she says they or they say brought tears to my eyes when they saw that at chile twenty five wow how rude, and we live in a world that oftentimes people are frustrated because they use terms like I'm tired of everything having to be so politically correct mm. and Maybe things shouldn't be so politically correct. Maybe things should be universally correct where you're not dealing with the politics of the day. You're dealing with universal principles so that when you are dealing with someone, you're able to say if you offended them, you're not upset because what you said offended them. And you feel like you have to change the way in which you address them. You are thankful that they brought to your attention that this is something that affected them because now, you know, the proper way to address them. And oftentimes we as individuals, we become cookie cutter in the way in which we deal with people so that we're not dealing with people on an individual basis. We're dealing with people and they have to learn how to deal with us as opposed to us saying, let us learn how to deal with others. So that goes back to the responsibility that you were just talking about a moment ago that we should take uh, and have to start with ourselves first because there are certain people that when they walk into the room, you must adjust to them so they feel. Mm. And the room was had already existed prior to their arrival. Mm-hmm. As opposed to and then then there's that individual in the room who's not like the rest of the people in the room whereby they may adapt for the sake of what they would consider peace. But they will never have any peace if you're continually adapting to someone who is not considerate of you. And then you run into that person in the room, which we have been more than a few times in our lives that says if the respect that we give to every human being is not good enough for you, then perhaps you may not want (laughs) to be here with us because you seem to be able, you seem to be needy of a bit more, but unwilling to give what we're giving to everyone. Mm -hmm. So it's when we as people begin to be a bit more respectful of one another and not feel that it's a burden to be respectful of one another
1: and but that's the craziest shit it's almost like we do right sometimes people walk around like it's a burden to say hello it's a burden to say how you doing today mm-hmm. this just crossed my mind i'm gonna share it because shit i can't Got to so okay it. years ago right there was a liquor store on Peachtree in atlanta and I think it was like one of the freak nicks or something that was going on, okay? I mean, when I say years ago, I was a younger woman, like in my 20s. And I go into this liquor store, and there's a man in the liquor store dressed up like fucking Superman. Let me tell you something, baby. Right. Cost. He made it. He made the shit itself. It right. wasn't no store boy shit. He made this goddamn Superman costume. But he was the best fucking customer service representative that liquor store could have, baby. Because when you ask for something, it was like he was Superman. Right. So he would run down the aisles real fast and let his cape fly in the back of him. Let it fly. And he get that shit. And people went to that liquor store because they wanted to fuck with Superman. Right. I thought that was beautiful. Like, I thought that was beautiful. And I think if we went back to, I'm not saying you got dressed up like Superman, but just in his mind, it was like when I'm
2: Superman, I'm the best. And being brave enough and bold enough to be yourself and put on that Superman costume because you might inspire someone to go and put their Green Lantern costume come on. on. Come on. And then someone else puts on their Wonder Woman, Woman costume. That's
1: me. Right. That's why I liked it so much. I wanted to come back and put my shit on and be <laughs> one of the superheroes with him. Right. And they're talking about, oh, he's special. You goddamn right he is. You goddamn right. But not the way y'all calling him special. Mm-hmm. He's so special. Like my daddy said, he was courageous enough to say, I don't care about your opinion. Bitch, don't you know I'm Superman? Bitch, I'll get these orders. I'll fill those liquor orders like no one else. And you're right. He gave that liquor store business Mm -hmm. because people were going to talk. yo, Superman. And he come running out the back real fast. Like it's that, it's that though that I think we're missing. We're missing the goodness of one another. I think we're just simply missing the goodness of one another. We are now so stuck in stuff and we're stuck in your labels and your titles that we're broken. As a world, not just as a country, we're broken as a world because I don't know about y'all, but every time I see a baby from Aleppo and they posting this shit like we want y'all to see it and you see these babies holding on to their mommies and daddies and these people are gone. Like how you just go past that shit? Like- or
2: you see them in the midst of explosion and you see them uh, uh, amidst the exodus, but they have smiles on their face.
1: Come on now.
2: How, you, you, you got a smile on your face as you're walking. And and the world around you is being destroyed. It makes one say that has, oh, we just got bills and shit. Okay. We just got bills. <laughs> That's These, what? They ain't got shit, right. but they smiling. You got bills to your house, to your car, whatever you have, and you messed up. It makes you say, what is of, of real value? And those individuals, uh, uh, sp- the spirit of who they are, speaks to and should shame the world because you have no reason to complain. And then you say to yourself, how many millions and billions of dollars in weaponry are used to destroy this town? And after you've destroyed the town— And you've won the battle, what is it that you have left to say was your victory? The place is destroyed. Right. Now you wanna take it or what you, what what, are we gonna do with that? So it's like, it's a strange, the first thing, one of the other things I believe we should do is restrain ourselves. And this is a hard one because we're built to be jealous. But restrain (laughs) ourselves from thinking about being better than others, Mm. as opposed to how do we extract the best out of the parts, the sum of our parts that we have been given? How do we do that? And part of it is saying, let's be the best that we can possibly be. And here's some real crazy shit I'm about to say. Say it. How can we be the best people we can possibly be towards others? others. How do we enjoy this life through this finite moment? And part of that is making sure that every exchange that you can possibly have with others around you is a positive exchange. Is it easy? No, but be brave enough not to buy into the bullshit of others' bad days.
1: Wait a minute now. Run that back.
2: Be brave enough not to buy into the bullshit of other people's bad days. Because someone else is having a bad day does not mean you have a bad day. It is your opportunity to help that person have a great day. Does it mean you run around them cheering, yes, yes, you can, go ahead, do it, my man. No, because they're going to slap the shit out of you. They're already in a bad mood. It is more so of you are not allowing it to affect you. And every day they come in and every day. And then one day you're surprised when they come in and they tap you and they say, I just want to say, every time I see you positive, every time I see you, you're upbeat, I never see you down. I really struggle with that. How do you do that? And then you start seeing the human being that you thought or one could assume was not the coolest. And really, they are, but they are just a human being who have struggles. So when we acknowledge the difficulties that we have for ourselves in terms of interacting, not being at peace. Now we're throwing other people into the equation. If we can have a level of patience, not tolerance, but patience and acceptance for others. Because again, to tolerate gives the ring of I'm better than you. I'm going to deal with this bullshit that you're giving me, but not being able to accept it where I can appreciate what it is that you do. Though I don't do that. I can appreciate that you do that. So being able to, to do those things, I think, can help us heal the world while we're healing ourselves. You know, I think that's
1: sometimes I can be challenged there. Because if I walk into a business and I see the person behind that counter and they just got a nasty, they got nasty energy. Sometimes it can be a challenge to walk up and say, hey, baby, how you doing? Because you're almost walking up like, good morning, and just your good morning could trigger that good morning. So to be very, very open about it, there are times we can be traveling in the morning. And whenever we travel, we are on the first. Listen, baby, if there's a goddamn flight that believes three o'clock in the morning, I'm on it. When I come off stage, if we can get on it, we on it. So we're always on the first thing moving. So understanding the first thing moving, sometimes can be four thirty in the morning, it could be five thirty in the morning. And you're walking up to these counters, and sometimes when you walk up, they're not saying good morning, they're not saying they don't even say next. They just look at you like Right. And then, lo and behold, we're in the first class line. That's going to be a whole different reaction at times. Mm -hmm. And they'll say before they'll say anything, this is first class. So then we'll have to say, we're in the right line. Mm -hmm. Then they still might pause for a second. Like, well, let's just. So I I am challenged in the space of I want to learn how to turn their energy around. In a sense of when I walk up, if they don't say good morning, good morning. How you doing this morning? But not feeling like I'm being phony, but feeling like the purpose is to be nice on purpose. Right. And not allow your fucked up atness to get me to your fucked up And now both of us is fucked up at this counter. Mm-hmm. And some shit can go wrong in that very moment. And we need each other.
2: At Success Driven uh, said... It's funny how it seems people look up the individuals that are successful but look down on people that are not. It's not really, because based upon the uh world that we live in and the conditioning that we live in. <laughs> she said not fucked up in this though. Not fucked up in this, yes. But based upon the way the the world in which we are in, it's that's how it's always been. However, what we're speaking about is counterintuitive where you're not looking up to someone who is successful and you're not looking down on someone who is homeless but you're looking at both of them Mm. and if you are able to look at someone with the same lens from a standpoint as the value of the person who uh is homeless is no less of a value than the person who is well off because when both of them have expired You cannot look at them and tell you what the quality of one's life was and what they gave to other people by the aesthetics of their remains. Come on. So it's one of those things where when we are able to change our thinking and be comfortable, be comfortable in being regular folk, be comfortable and it's nice to be able to have a friend and there may be a line and that person, because of your relationship, allows you uh, to go through an entrance where you can circumvent that line because of your friendship. That's a wonderful thing. However, within the boundaries of your friends, is it that you are aspiring for people to look up to you? As opposed to you're a voice, but you're a voice to speak to them so they can use their voice, so they can use their minds, because you're comfortable in a world of equality where there are times people where I may be behind them in the line and I may have a few items and they may have a lot or several items and they say, oh, you can go ahead. Or they're standing in line complaining about the line and then you say, no, I'm okay. You go ahead and do what you have to do. But I really appreciate it because... You understand part of life sometimes is standing in the line, and why should you not stand in the line as Mm. others? Why should you not be inconvenienced as others are inconvenienced? Again, you like the convenience of being able to get through, and for those times that you are able to pass, appreciate them. But don't complain when you're not, Mm. because to complain when you're not is what did Beyonce say? What's she saying? About every time I say yes. But the first time I say no. It was like. I never said yes. Because I will fuck it up for you. Come okay? on, baby. Oh I got gosh, it wrong. No, on the no, no, first time. I, 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 first I time feel like I was
0: good no. with what I gave it's you, like like you I just now. I never say yes. Sing it.
1: Yeah. Ah, I say yes to you, baby. Yes to you. Sing Okay, it. then. This is the shit I'm trying to tell y'all, though. I'm courageous enough. To sing my goddamn songs with no validation. With no validation. We need more love, and baby. no
2: tone. Don't do that. Control. Do no. Don't do that. Active, don't no. Don't active, no don't do that. awareness what of pitch What the world needs now. Sing it. Is love,
1: sweet love. Oh, say it now. That's the only thing. Come on. That the world give it, needs more of. Oh. Baby, but did That, 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 that more of. That had a little. That had a little. That had a little sweetness to it, all right? If we really... Okay, because that's... (laughs) No, don't come back to it, man. You got to walk away from the mic. That's my cabaret shit right there. Right. Yes, because you got to... See, sometimes you got to talk through your cabaret Right. But I think, though, real shit, if... Let's say you were in the Walmart, right? Because the Walmart now is a hot target for fights. I don't know what's happening, baby, but they fight in the Walmarts. Every time I'm on Facebook, you can always get a fight in the Walmart. They're going to fight. In the Walmart and the Waffle House. Right. They're going to fight. They're going to fight. So imagine this. Everybody that's listening right now, imagine this. Imagine you're in the Walmart and you see a situation, get ready to go down. Imagine if you walked up to that situation and you said, What the world needs now? It's love. Yeah. Sweet love. Right. Now, the people that's getting ready to go at it, mm-hmm. they going to turn around and look at you like, are you out your motherfucking mind? Because I'm ready to fight. But you goddamn keep singing. You stay in it until you take that energy and you turn it around. Now, the two people that's great fuck each other up, they're going to feel bad. Because somebody's going to join you in the song. If I was in the Walmart, I would join the bitch singing the song. Mm-hmm. So, imagine now you got 20 people in the Walmart singing what the world oh, needs now. Come on. It's love. Right. Right. Sweet love. Right. Now, them niggas don't want to fight no more because you're going to feel fucked up right. that you're getting serenaded right. by what the world needs now. Right.
2: Come on. What you going to do with it? What I'm going to do with come it is on. Sell you just in case that shit don't work, <laughs> you come with that other pack of three <laughs> underwear and goddamn undershirts that was rolled back in the price, which is why they rolling in the aisles, and you say, bitch, here's the one here. Here's one for you. Here's one for you. <laughs> now, stop all that shit. Stop. And then walk away humming what the world needs is love, sweet love.
1: You know, and as we laugh, but really let's think about it. It's the little cliches that you hear. Treat people the way you want to be treated. If we really did that, we could heal the world as a people right now. Right now. With all the religions, with all the wars, with all that shit. If you really sat down the leaders of the world and you said, how would you want to be treated?
2: Yeah. And since we are living in the world that we are today, when people really want to uh, change the dynamics, Tesla in the 40s and 50s was speaking about wireless communication in which he wanted to give the world energy for free. He gave up all his patents to Westinghouse in order to allow uh, it to go into effect. But essentially died in a small place by himself, and they got all his information and so forth. There are people that exist in this world that have the secrets to utilizing uh, natural resources in a way in which they're not burned as quickly, but they're energy companies and oil people who would refuse to allow that to happen because though it would conserve and allow energy to last, it doesn't make them enough money and you begin to say what we could do to heal our world is say what is the dollar amount that you need to allow you to be able to start treating the world fairly yes. how much do you do you do you want versus what you need and the only time cause we talk about let's make America great again. Let's make America great again. America was great before the the pilgrims got here. Because the people that their domain was here, they were believing that they believe that let's use what we need. I know it's 500 buffalo out there. Let's not kill 400 of them. We only need two. Come on. We only need two. But in coming to this country, the, the mindset was let's take it all. Let's get it all. So we need to start thinking about what do we need as opposed to what we want. We need to say, and I've said it before, not God bless America. If your belief is in this higher being that you refer to as God, why not ask God to bless the world? Because this is how you would potentially turn your enemies into allies. If we're really the, the, the diplomats, the brilliant people that we claim to be, don't you see we're spending far more money on fighting and do, and committing murders in the world when we can use that same money to feed the world. Mm. Thou shalt not kill. That's the first commandment people say. But unless you're fighting for your country, now we're promoting killing. Now we're promoting bombs. But if that's the first commandment and God is first in this Christian world and society and the presidents and the generals say God, country, man, all of that, then why are we not working out ways to be peaceful? Because you may have a problem with Putin, but I can swear, I promise you, the people of Russia, they suffer just like the people in the United States of America. W- or worse, they're not a part of that. You understand? Right. The people of all the pr- provinces and countries and places where you think you're angry at this country. and that. We don't have any problems with the people of those countries. No, the people of these countries don't have a problem with us. The problem comes from people's concern with the individuals in charge of the government that are running things. So we would ask that those people in government, I know we have to feed our families. I know folks want to be well off. But think about the world that you're creating for your children, Mm. those Uh, a white supremacist or people from supremacist groups that are wanting to say we're better than you listen there are too many couples coming together that's making this world brown the most important thing that we should be concerned about is how do we take care of the humans that exist as opposed to how do we take care of a specific color of human beings that exist
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
2: Having the conversations that most people are afraid to have out loud. This is Open Relationship with Monique
1: and Sydney Hicks. We're talking about it, babies. If y'all have just joined, we are talking about it. How do we heal the world as a people? And I know that sounds like something that's so massive. Like that sounds like how do you do that? How do you do but it? But it starts right with you. It starts right with you. From the moment you wake up in the morning, you can start the healing right then. And <clears throat> you know when 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 what what you gonna say,
2: Daddy? I, I was just getting ready to give them a shout out, but it just went out. But they were saying watch holographic universe. We had to check that out. We have to check that out. Oh, it's a movie? It's apparently. A apparently.
1: We can watch all the programs. We can read all the books. We can listen to all the tapes. But you as your own Didn't individual. I said tapes, Daddy.
2: That's, you right.
0: I that's right. Nigga, I said tapes! <laughs> tapes, that's all it is, oh, baby! yo! I hey, said tapes!
2: Baby, I got a Walkman. You know that. Daddy, I you said know that. tapes! I, bring it, I take the Walkman to got the damn gym. DVDs, so you ain't, ain't mad at me.
1: CDs. It.
2: Life is a Fat Party. Watch uh, A Rich Man's Game. And holographic universe, they say. So shout out to them.
1: But we could do all of that. Mm -hmm. If you don't make up in your mind individually that you want something different, then you won't have anything different. It is up to you individually. It's up to us individually to say, what kind of walk am I going to walk? What kind of energy am I going to put out there? Like, what am I going to do? And if all of us took that personal responsibility overnight for whoever people pray to and all this all those different titles y'all give it i think that you want to see something satisfied you want to see something happy you want to see something proud then let's get together as the human beings of the world not at all these fucking colors cuz that's what's driving us further apart and and it, you know what i said too when i talked about the homeless man up front somebody had typed in yeah and he was white like I can't believe they did it to a white man. He was just a man who wanted to know the time. But I can be guilty of that sometime too. I will be guilty of putting it on front. I was in the store and this white woman, you know, Mm -hmm. I was, so -hmm. I can be guilty of that too. But I think the moment we really take in consideration, I want somebody to treat me the way that. I want to treat somebody with it. I want to be treated. And we really mean that, y'all. This shit could change overnight. We could shut gossip columns the fuck down. You could shut shit down overnight because people are now saying, I'm tired of you feeding my soul that. I'm so fucking broken, I can't even lift my head to say good morning to somebody because 24 hours out the goddamn day, I can turn to any channel on TV and y'all feed me something about tear it down, rip it apart, make fun of them, bully them. And when we doing all these bullying campaigns, it's like, y'all, are we serious? Are we serious that we're doing these campaigns because the fucking adults are the— We see the biggest bullying going on amongst adults. And now you're doing these campaigns with children Mm -hmm. saying don't bully. But every time I turn the TV on, it's bullying shit going on. And this is going on from our government. This is going on from our leaders. This is going on from people we're supposed to really look up to. This is going on. And we're saying, well, if that's what you all feeding us, what you giving us to chew on? Like, what are we being left to chew on? So that's when we say, how do we heal the world as a people? It is totally up to you individually.
2: And having a level of empathy for individuals, like just a moment ago you said oftentimes you may put, and it was a white person, and somebody may put it's so a this person and that person. Where the empathy comes in for individuals sometimes is when countless times I've been approached by people who happen to be Caucasian, and they may say, what do you do for a living? And then they look at your face and then they see that you're puzzled as to, you didn't say hello, you didn't say how you doing, you just say what do you do for a living? And they begin to say, because I noticed your car, I mean, it was just really nice and I just wanted to know what it was that you did for a living. And the first thing it is, that you want to go to, oh, okay, so a black man can't have a nice car. You walking up to me, you want to know what I'm doing for letting you become home <laughs> you with the class. And you're not going to let me know because that will kill you. Now, and you like, but you understand. Because yes. that's where the empathy comes from. Because they're not asking you because they're trying to be mean or rude. But there's a conditioning that if we're honest about it, that... The only their depictions that come on television all the time that would imply the only way that you could have something that is above average in others' mind when you're black, you had to do something illegally. You're asking me, what do I do before you ask me, what is my name? Mm-hmm. Before you tell me who you are. And that would be called a fair exchange. But it's easy to get mad because of the stereotypes. Mm. It's easy to get mad at somebody. But when you take the time out to consider that when this country was founded, people of color were considered three-fifths of a human being. Come on. And there were no black people that were part—there were no blacks, there were no Latins, there were no Native Americans— There were no other individuals in those rooms except for white men. And it was purposeful that they put themselves up on high. What becomes strange is not the fact that you still see that there may be a superiority complex that exists today. What is more strange is when you find out how many people that are Caucasian that don't buy into that bullshit. Mm -hmm. And then... What is strange is when you see how many people of color that do. You see? Because, as again, I repeat, as Chuck D. said, every brother ain't a brother because of color. Come on. So when we're comfortable enough to see beyond what someone looks like, the world will begin to heal itself. However, when we encounter those people that are not cognizant of it, You have empathy for them. This is a higher level of thinking. And this has nothing to do because I'm not going to tell you about Jesus. I'm not going to tell you about God. After the conversation, we ain't going to ask you to pass a collection plate around. This whole conversation that we had is not geared towards you going into your pocketbook and giving us money so we can have a conversation with you. This whole conversation is to say, hey, as opposed to giving somebody else your 10%, It's okay if you keep it, because if Mm. that higher being is who that higher being is to you, then that higher being doesn't need money to get around. Don't need the American Express. Don't need it because it's it's a higher being. And when we start seeing things for what they are and be bold enough to say, you know what, I'm comfortable with you approaching me in a way that is not so respectful but I understand why. And let me keep my composure as I share with you why you may want to consider or reconsider your approach. And you'll be surprised as to the awakening that can transpire because people literally will say to you, you know what, I never considered that. I never even thought about it. So when we start being more considerate of others, And understanding that everyone doesn't know what we know, everyone doesn't consider what we consider, as we don't know everything other people know and we don't consider what other people consider, and be a bit more patient with one another, that is an effective way in which we can start trying to heal the world.
1: You know, y'all, I I tell y'all often that these conversations— I've been getting them for years, and they've really, really helped. Because as I'm sitting right here right now, I'm trying to think of other ways that I could have handled a situation. But I know recently we were flying somewhere. I can't remember where it was. But we were in the first class line, and there was some white gentlemen behind us. And though they were talking amongst themselves, I heard them. And the guy said, because when you get in the first class line, it's not going to be a little confusing, you know. So now you know what the first-class line is, and we're standing there, and someone said, is this the first-class line? And the guy said, yeah, this is the white line. Oh, yeah. Remember I told you about that? Yeah. And I turned around, and I said, well, it's a new day, ain't it? Something something different happening right now, huh? And I almost had a look on my face like, now it's your turn, because the shit you're saying— It's totally out of order, totally out of line. And once we locked eyes, he then turned himself away like, I'm not backing down. But it's like, I wish I could have handled it better, almost not to change his mind, but to give him something to think about on that plane ride, where you would have to say, in this day and age, brother, to still make that comment. What if something should happen as we get on this plane and we're now putting our lives in someone's hands that we really don't know? And what happens if I happen to be the person that has to save your life? What then happens just to give you something to think about? But the approach I took, I didn't raise my voice. I, my neck wasn't moving, but I turned around and said, well, that's something, ain't it? It's a new day. But now what you get ready to say. And though he said nothing, I'm, I'm, I want to learn how to deal with situations like that, but not get huffed. You know, like, like not put my shoulders up because what I'm learning from you and even what you do to me, you give me something to think about because I want to be like, nah, nigga, I'm ready to bomb. What? We get ready to do. But then, and you talking to me and explaining it through, and it's like, okay, well, consider this. Or then you just start asking me questions. The little girl may be like, oh, shit. I'm fucked up again.
2: <laughs> at, at, at right on 777 said, don't let that Trump get you fucked up. What a don't miss.
1: let that Trump get you fucked up. That's the white line. And that's just where I was with it. Like, don't get fucked up right now because her get tupping on my back. She said, bitch, I walk the freedom down. So. And,
2: and, and at Lee Sugar said, this will never change. And here's the thing. The question is, Though there will always be people out there that may hold these values and thoughts and they'll never change, if you believe differently, don't you change either. And if you believe like them, there's an opportunity to change because you you started with yourself. So with those individuals, sometimes it may not be about changing their mind right then per se, especially through you trying to challenge them, you know what I mean? You trying to challenge them to let them know That's you're not your scared. Wife. You, I, I ain't scared of you. It's a new day.
1: And then I, I roll with sisters and be like, what the fuck that? Right,
2: right, right. And at the end of the day, it's one of those things where people are entitled to have their opinion, but you would ask yourself or ask that individual, this is the white line, but something as simple as, well, Why is that? Why is first-class line the white line? Could you explain that to me? Because I'm not understanding. And you're saying it ever so humbly, but now you're forcing them to expound about something they are scared to expound about because people will say things and mumble things with clarity in private that they will whisper in public. So he's a whisperer, but you can politely ask him loudly, why is it that this is the White Lines, good sir? Why Why is that? See, Daddy, that's so good. You know, that's so good. And and for the people that are listening, <laughs> and for the people that are listening, the one of the best things that I've experienced in life is to understand the power of questions. See, when somebody says that you're this, you're that, and they say that you're wrong, and you fucked up, and all of that, you could say, "Well, fuck you too." Okay, okay, because what that's equivalent of is you were shooting missiles out of your gun while they shoot missiles at you, and you duck down in your foxhole, and y'all are saying, "I'm brave enough to shoot back at you if you're gonna shoot." But how long y'all gonna be shooting back and forth? As opposed to you ask a question. Asking a question is has gone from intellectually shooting. Bullets to intellectually dropping a bomb because now you've got to have you. You're forcing them to tell me why you feel this way. And when you put people in a position where they have to explain themselves when it's bullshit, as oftentimes it is, it's difficult to explain. That's the reason why when you watch attorneys and cases, they don't make statements because they refer to statements as invalid They need the person who's on trial to answer the questions because your words are more valuable to be used against you than my words against you. So please Mm. let me allow you to use your own words so you can hang you.
1: Now, I want to share something with y'all because I've seen my husband in conversations. And I've seen people hang themselves. And as if the conversation is happening, I'll be standing there like, you get ready get in trouble. But not that he's going to get you in trouble. Your conscience can going to get you in trouble. And I know it because I talk from experience. Because <laughs> <laughs> when we first got together, he would get to asking me shit. Mm-mm, mm-mm, that's not how I'm used to doing this. We just argue, goddammit, and we scream, and that's it. And then after that, we walk away. But you don't get the what you say? Well, why'd you do that? You want a response to that? I don't. Then it makes your conscience because I say to him, "It's like, listen, this is too much." And he's like, "What is too much?" Because they're your words. They're your words, and I understand why when people say they're difficult to deal with. For a long time, I didn't because I couldn't get that. I could not get. I'm like. Where did these motherfuckers come off talking about, oh, he's Monique's husband, that husband, that husband. And he said, Mama, it can be difficult when people have to start answering questions that they've never had to answer before. It can be difficult for people to be respectful. It can be difficult when people get Mm tongue-tied and they have no comeback for what you're saying. And I've seen it happen repeatedly. And I've seen it happen with the biggest of the bigs. The biggest of the bigs, the biggest executives, the biggest personalities, the biggest billionaires. I've seen them on the phone calls in the rooms with all of them. And it all came down to the same shit. We're going to have to get back to you because we can't.
2: And and not all of them, but we'll we'll say this. At the end of the day, that's where the empathy comes from. Because as I've shared with them, when we would be in the midst of conversations or with Monique afterwards, I, I empathize with their position because though these individuals may be big execs, being a big exec can be a very lonely place because you're dealing with a lot of people that are not decent enough. They're decent enough, but they're not brave enough or courageous enough at times to tell them what they need to hear. So they don't get too full of themselves for the moment in which they run into the person or the people that are comfortable loving them enough to tell them the truth. Mm. Because when you're saying what you're saying to them, it is not so that you can put them in that place from a standpoint of I show them. You're simply sharing with them something so you can say I wanted to show you. And it's a difference between I'm going to show you and let me show you something. And when you start allowing them to reflect on what it is that you're saying and it's coming from a good place, It's felt and then it's appreciated. And if they can't dig it, if they can't dig what you're giving them at that moment, you can appreciate it even more because, again, it is difficult when you've been driving along your life and you've been bullying people and then all of a sudden you're faced with the reality of your mortality. You realize that you are just a human being. Your suit was $5,000. Your car was $500,000. You live in a four, five, six, ten, twenty million dollar house, but you're still just a person. And it was revealed to you by an individual who's not worth as much money as you are. But universally speaking, is worth the exact same amount as you.
1: You know, Daddy, I owe some people an apology.
2: But give it to because them. Because
1: I handled such, I didn't have the empathy. And that was the woman at the nursing home who told me to get the fuck away from her. Now, I should have had empathy to say no one's come to visit her. So she really don't know how to accept someone bringing her a plate of food or having a conversation with her. Because <laughs> that day she told me to get the fuck away from her. I didn't have no empathy. I'm like, that's why I don't nobody come see your ass. But I didn't say that to her.
2: But I walked away. <laughs> and, and, and then we're still trying to approach her like, again, when – Their agenda at that moment, her agenda was to have you, as she so eloquently put it, the fuck away from her, okay? (laughs) Your agenda was to impose your love upon her. That's when it was my job to say to you, it is her right to ask you to get the fuck away from her. And what I would suggest is though she's in that wheelchair, though she is much older, I feel like she can beat us both. So (laughs) let me get you by the arm before we both get fucked up by this senior citizen in here and then cuss the fuck out.
1: Now, my sweet Jasmine that is in the room with us, because I know that baby said, nah, her old ass would have got cussed out. That's what we can't do. That's what we can't do. Because, and I know how old you are. And if we go from 19 to 49... And I'm still challenged with that. I'm still challenged with, I'll match your goddamn energy. Whatever energy you bring, I'm I'm still challenged with that. So if we can stop you at 19, where you're saying her old ass would have got cussed out. No, if we can can stop you at 19 and say, let me consider empathy. Because how would I feel if someone brought me to a nursing home 20 years ago? And in 20 years, not one person has come to see me. Now, I may have been a fucked up person, and I know why they're not coming. It still doesn't excuse the fact ain't no goddamn body coming, and I'm still not in a place of accepting responsibility. So I'm still in a place of I can't believe ain't nobody showing up. But you abuse people. You mistreated people. So if we can stop you from feeling that way at 19, that's what this show is about. And I'm going to tell you why that's really hitting home for me right now because I saw a, uh, a post of a younger woman. And I, I don't want to say she was a teen. She may have been, I'm going to say, between 17 and 20. And they were in this liquor store. You could tell the surrounding liquor store. And she, the older woman got into it with the younger woman. Now, I'm going to say the older woman may have been about 60, 65. And if you looked at her real good, you could tell she was a drinker. Okay? And you watch these two women... You watch the old woman, she ain't backing down. And the young woman approaches, and she gets up in the old woman's face, and the old woman, you could tell back in the day this bitch had some strength, but she, she got older. So she was like, bitch, I'm not backing down. That young girl took her and slammed her so hard on the ground. Now, at that point, it should be over. You've made your point. She's, she's down she then went and picked this old woman up by the back of her jacket and the back of her pants and put her in the trash can face first so when i say to you jasmine at 19 years old baby see that young girl that did that to that older woman i don't give a fuck what that old woman said to her that young girl going to pay for that she going to pay for that with her ass baby and now now it's got over five million hits. She going to pay for that. So if we come out of the mindset, I got to show this bitch, you don't talk to me like that. If we go back to let me be respectful because she is my elder. Let me be respectful. Cause I know she didn't call me all kind of young bitches and dumb hoes. I know she the drunk of the block. But let me show her that maybe no one else respected you, but I'm going to show you some respect. Because if we still walk around with, I'd have cuss that old ass out one day, my sweet baby, universe willing, you're going to be that old ass.
2: And hopefully you won't be that old ass out there cussing people's ass out.
1: <laughs> Come on, talk to
2: because them. Because you learn. And with all that being said, you don't want to be the one that introduces the old lady to karma.
1: Come on. Because
2: the old lady, she got what the universe had in store for her, obviously. But if you can help it, you don't want to be the one that whooped the old lady's ass and everybody. See, Because I know what it is to get cussed out by somebody <laughs> older because they get mad at you or whatever. And they can't substantiate the argument. They don't even know why they're arguing with you. It's just they oh, well, let's listen. What do you look like socking somebody 80 years old in the chin? The victor. Now you Floyd Mayweather. You won now? You you really... So you get nothing of it. However, when older folks or younger folks or whoever get their asses torn out the frame for doing something they shouldn't do, that's the universal uh, return. You just don't want to be in that sports clip where you was the one... (laughs) The highlight of the day. Mm -hmm. Top 10 ass weapons for the elderly. And you don't want to be a a part of that. Um, I've told this story before, but I liken it to uh, a story that was shared with me before about the gentleman that went to visit his friend in the hospital who was in a car accident. And he asked his boy, he said, man, what happened to you? How'd you get in a car accident? I've always known you to be a great driver. He said, man, it was the wildest thing. I, when I was 16 years old, my father told me, take the left front wheel on the driver's side, put it right on the double yellow line. When you're driving and the people on the other side of the road, they're going to move over and give you just enough room. And for years, I've always done it up until that day. He said, well, what happened? He said everything was going fine until I ran into my father coming down the other side of the road. Mm-hmm. And what it says to to you is, if someone utilizes your tactics on you, will you both be able to get to your destination, or will it result in a crash? So if you met you. Could you be your friend? Mm. If you acted the way that you act, ask yourself, would you like, would you dig, would you vibe, you? If the answer is yes, you're doing the right thing, but don't answer out of ego. Yeah, cause I love me, I love me some me. Cause oftentimes the people that say that don't really love themselves enough to get out of their own way to realize that you're now invading someone else's space that you've gotten comfortable to take. And if someone does that to you, you're going to run into one another.
1: How do we heal the world as a people? And that's what we talked about. How do we heal the world as a people? And for everyone that's listening and watching, guess what? It starts with you. (laughs) That girl lady said, I wish someone would have hit my granny. That's right. Baby, listen here. Right. Well, see, both my grandmothers, they I don't know, man. My grandmother Edith would have cussed you bad. She really couldn't fight because she had a polo on the foot.
2: A uh, so polo she,
1: on her foot. <laughs> yeah, so no. okay. She, she really, okay. She wasn't quick with it. But she was quick with that shoe though. She was quick with that shoe and that goddamn fork. Remember that time? Let me tell y'all something. Kick it. Fucking with the elderly people. All so right. My grandmother Edith, who was gone on to the next journey, right? She lived and died at the dining room table. Whenever you went in that house, she sat. At the dining room table from the time she woke up to the time she went to bed, that was her spot. And she controlled that house from that goddamn dining room table. Mm -hmm. So my Aunt Booty came in the house, right? Aunt Booty. Aunt Booty, baby. Aunt Booty. Aunt Booty came in the house. Now, Aunt Booty, baby, is a cusser from a goddamn bottom of the boat. I love her. She just would come in, Edith, what the fuck is up? What's going on? So this particular day, my grandmother didn't feel like hearing it. So she said, Booty, I don't feel like hearing all that shit. Right? Oh, Edith's (laughs) shit. Oh, Booty just going on and on. Now, my grandmother had perfect aim. Now, if y'all know anything about row houses in Baltimore— like okay, so when you first come in the front door, there's a little vestibule, right? And then you come in, and there's the living room. Then you walk through another little opening, and there's the dining room. But you you gotta come through the opening to get to the dining room. It's just not open, right? Booty is in the living room. Grandma is in the dining room, sitting at the table. I don't know how the fuck she got that fork in Booty's arm. <laughs> Because Booty kept talking shit. She said, Booty, I told you I'm not for it today. And she hurled that fork. Threw it. She hurled it, Daddy. Right. And that fork stuck Booty down in her goddamn arm, baby, just st- stuck her right down there in it. This the gangster shit, though. Booty didn't get mad. Grandma wasn't mad. Booty came in the dining room, took the fork out her arm. She said, Booty, I told you I wasn't for that shit today. All right, Edith, what y'all cup? Right. It's like one, it wasn't nobody fighting. Wasn't right. Nobody. Right. That was just some real shit.
2: That, that was her way of saying, bitch, shut up.
1: And that's the shit y'all I witnessed as a kid. So that's why certain, certain shit don't fuck with me. I'm like, why you right. gonna call me a fat bitch? Can you do better than that? I've seen bitches get stabbed with forks. Right.
2: By my grandma. And
1: not be mad. And right. nobody fucked up over the fork stabbing. That's it. Come on. Now, how do we heal the world? You take a fork. God damn it. You sh- <laughs> no, daddy,
2: don't close And when eye. the fork sticks you in the ass, don't be mad. It was just grandma telling you, shut the fuck up. Okay? <laughs>
1: That's all.
2: That's it. That's all. Somebody said, my granny threw the whole radio. You goddamn right. Right. And don't get it twisted. Because that older lady got her ass whooped by that younger person. There's some old people out here that will trick you. They will (laughs) trick you. They got these grips that you be like, wait a minute. They must be related to G.I. Joe because I've never had somebody (laughs) grab my wrist that strong. You don't just go up where that old man was on the uh, subway, on the train, baby, and it was a man calling them names. And the old man said, you better stop. If you say one more thing and the next thing you know, he gave him a nine-piece spicy to the chin, knocked him out, and then gave his ass a biscuit and drink all for free. And you don't like to see
1: ass whippings. Mm -mm. I'm not an advocate for ass whippings. However... I'm an advocate for when bullying goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And on that situation, it was bullying that went wrong. And that was an elderly man, Daddy. And that was <laughs> and that, a young right. white gentleman. And that white gentleman kept calling him a nigga. And that old man said, not today. He said, I'm tired. He said, I'm tired. Not today. And the white woman was like, what you going to do, nigga? What you going to Baby, let me tell you something. That elderly brother got up and got to commencing. The little white boy peed on himself. I well, and,
2: and he wasn't little. <laughs> no, he, wa- he, he wasn't. He wasn't little by a long shot. He yes. was a big man that was sitting there. And that's how we start to heal the world as a people. Not by knocking a motherfucker out no, and
1: chin-checking him. No, okay. no, but a couple a couple jazz. <laughs> but what I, was, what I appreciated was the people on the train of all colors, of all genders, They were actually standing around like, if you do something, we're going to wear your ass out. They let that old man do what he needed to do. Of all, it had nothing. It was just a principle. It was like, why are you bullying someone that you think you can? So that's how we also begin to help heal us as a people. Stop being a goddamn bully.
2: Stop being a bully. But with that said, we at that moment of our show where we always have to tell these good people it's, it's time for us to go.
1: I'm so glad we had this time. Together. Just,
2: just a happy. Just a what? Okay, Daddy, Cause, go cause you, it. I,
1: Just a happy. <laughs> okay. No, Daddy. Just to have
2: a laugh and sing a song.
1: Come on.
2: Since before we started, it's time to start it down, and now you know it. Yes. Comes a time, we have to say, say. take so. your ass on. on.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So long Yes
1: my loves We want to thank Each and every one of you For <laughs>
2: listening You know what that just sounds what? Like.
1: <laughs> Remember Mrs. Doubtfire Yes <laughs> when, when she had to come Yes my loves
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes 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 babies So we want to thank you For listening I am Monique
2: and I'm Sydney.
1: And you have been listening to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. And tell a friend and tell another friend. Go to play.it, CBS Podcast, and click on Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship, baby.
2: Can I ask you a question? Of course you can. Where are you going to be on December the 30th?
1: Daddy, I'm going to be at the Houston Arena Theater, the circle stage that moves. Come on, you better do it.
2: And that's the way she grooves, okay?
1: We love y'all. And remember, as my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute.
2: It is no good unless it's open.
1: We love y'all.
2: For free.
0: (laughs) Good night.
1: Good night.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?